In this episode of Sound Seekers Presents Testimony and Musician Story, I talked to rapper Rockstar JT. Now, I talked to Rockstar JT five years ago when he was a teenager. I featured him on our Up and Comers episode with him and Caleb Mitchell. And I was right. He was an up and comer. He's still in the game. Um, He's older now. Then he didn't have a relationship with his father. Now he does. So we talk about that relationship being reconciled. We also talk about him dealing with a lot of death in his life and the trauma and PTSD associated with that. Um, We talk about him protesting for Black Lives Matter on the same steps as Dr. Martin Luther King in Montgomery, Alabama. He also has a song featured on HBO's Euphoria with Zendaya. We talk about that. And additionally, he breaks down Stick featuring Main Man and Scooty Wop, New Attitude featuring Holvey and John Keith, Drip Bayless featuring Paris Carez and Aha Gazelle, and 36 featuring No Big Deal, Joey Vantez, and Tori Deshaun. I am Gaelica Brown, and this is Sound Seekers Presents Testimony, a Musician's Story. So we'll go ahead and we'll start off then with your first music memory. Mm. Wow. Dag. Okay, so uh, <laughs> my first music memory, um, it was, I was like young, I think I was like 16 years old Mm -hmm. and I got saved, um, in December of 2013, I was 15 years old. Then I eventually turned 16. So, um, this is when I first started, like the songs that I had, like, wasn't even mix and master right. Like it it sounded, I recorded it on an iMac like we're doing right now. Like I recorded it here and it's crazy just how God, like how he came through, like, I performed a song. I had my first song called Turn Up For The Lord. I performed it like eight times at like this um, release party some of my homies in Alabama was having. And it was like a, a gym. And after that, like, it was a guy who I'm no longer connected with and I don't want to be connected with. <laughs> That's another story. Um, he he shot my first video for me. It was a very bootleg video. Um, no disrespect to him. But, like, when you look at the video quality, it was, like, I don't even know what the video is anymore. Like, it, it was very low quality. The sound was low quality. And my first memory was, um, e- even though we talked about him, and I actually talked to him yesterday, um, my homie Thizzle, he actually shared that joint for me. He shared it, and he was like, uh, yo, this home, this young homie could be, like, selling dope. Like, he could be, um, like, doing things like that people from my community, like they do, this is what they do in my hood. Like they sell drugs. They, um, they do this stuff. And he was like, well, they can, they, he could be doing that, what they're doing, but he chooses to do a different route. So um, that's my first music memory. Like when I did a video called turn up for the Lord and the song called turn up for the Lord. And it actually had a, a, a few thousand views. I think almost 10,000 views on YouTube. And it was just because I was very popular in my city. And then I transformed into a Christian and it just was a beautiful process. So yeah, that's my first music memory. So that first music video, it wasn't a Christian music video then? Well, it was, it was. Okay. So it was, but I was still getting my foot in the door. So it's like 
when you don't know like the industry, like I didn't know nothing about the industry. I didn't, I just, I didn't know anything. All I knew was like, um, I'm a rapper, you know, I like music, you know, and um, it was a Christian song, turn up for the Lord, turn up for the Lord. Yeah. And, and it went pretty good in my city, but I would never put it back out. And then how did Thizzle even see the video to share it? Yeah. So um, it was crazy. And I hate when artists do this to me this day. So <laughs> I was connected. I was connected with him because he did a block party in my city in like 2013. And I was like shadowing him because like the ministry that we was a part of, like I was a kid, a part of this ministry, the ministry I was a part of, it actually took like young high school kids or kids of the community. And it gave us a responsibility in the community so that we could be able to uh, like know how it is to like live a Christian life or be around Christians. So um, I actually recorded a video, put it out and I tagged Thizzle in it. Like mm. on, on on Twitter, and I was like, "Yo, I was that young dude who shadowed you in Alabama, and just check it out." And he remembered me, and since he remembered me, like he tweeted the video, and I was like, okay. "What?" Like, you know what I mean? That was a big deal to me back then. That is a big deal, and that was a smart tag. Like you yeah. actually, he knew who you were. You met him. You weren't mm. just randomly tagging some artist. So, right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Okay. Uh, let's move forward and go back into like your, your history growing up. I know we did feature you in our up and comers episode years ago with Caleb, but let's, let's rehash your testimony and let's talk about one, where you're from, for those who don't know where you were born and raised. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I was born in uh, Montgomery, Alabama. Uh, I moved there from there in Montgomery to New York when I was eight months. So, but then my fifth grade year, I moved back down here and I spent sixth grade to, through high school down here. So I was basically really raised in Montgomery. And it was a pretty cool, like I really had, um, it's just a lot of deaths that I that I witnessed. Um, in 2011, I lost my cousin. Um, he just graduated high school and he got killed in a neighborhood called Gibbs Village. And like, Growing up in Montgomery, it was just like a hard, hard, like it's like a concrete jungle and it's like only the strong survive. And um, so Montgomery is where I was raised. And were you raised in a two parent household? Nah. So I single parent home. um, My mom, I watched her literally struggle her whole life, like just trying to live for her kids and and make a living for her kids um, is the interesting story. And I need to ask my dad why this happened, because it's kind of crazy. I'm kind of like connected with my dad now. Um, and the last interview that we did, like, I think it was like five years ago, 2015. I think that's when yeah. it was. Um, I didn't, I wasn't connected with my dad five years ago, oh, okay. you know? So when we did that first interview, I was not connected with him. And now we're finally connected. And like, it's crazy to me. Uh, when he was, when I was in his, uh, my mom's stomach, he actually kicked me, like kicked the stomach, kicked my mm. mom in the stomach. I don't know what the, what the world was wrong with him or like what the intentions were, you know, but, um, I need to ask him that, but yeah, I, I was, I was, I grew up in a single parent home. Okay. Well then let's talk about how did he come back into your life and how are you guys connected now? Yeah. So, um, 
like my mom just like kind of they they're working on like their friendship a little bit and um ever since then like he'd been coming around and what's up like what's up this is my son or blase blase and for me it's just, it, it it was kind of awkward because it's just like he's coming around but we haven't talked about these issues and that's what i'm processing in my mind right now it's just like like i want to talk about these issues but at the same time it's just like i'm closer to the guys who like discipled me like the guys who disciple me i'm closer to them and they're like more of a father figure to me um so he came around like just him and my mom hanging out and it's kind of awkward i'm not gonna lie like it's kinda, i'm like dad like this my father like this my dad like this is the guy who the reason why i'm here and i really don't feel comfortable or have a really personal personal relationship with him yet so yeah so then this is new like yeah okay i saw that you posted somewhere a text um between you and your dad and you said that you posted like i the i love you post Mm, what was the significance behind that yeah, so um, think I think it was Father's Day if I if I if I don't believe I mean, if I believe I think it was Father's Day or something like that, and um, I texted him. I was like, "Yo, like this is my first time ever telling him Happy Father's Day." Like you know, like just because I'm trying to at least start on building a relationship with him, and I told him Happy Father's Day. He was like, "Thank you, son. Love you." I believe that was the context of it. I'm just like, yo, like I'm 22 years old and I haven't heard my father, my dad, um, tell me that he loved me before. So that meant a lot to me because it's just like, I knew him for a few years, probably like two, three years. And he didn't never tell me that he loved me. And like, just for a guy, for me, it was like a guy just coming in and it was kind of awkward because I never knew how to navigate around him like he didn't he didn't teach me how like to put a tire on or change my oil or stuff like that so or check my oil nothing like that yeah. so when he told me that it felt like kind of a weight mm-hmm. lifted off of my shoulders because it's just like dad this is how it feels for your dad like I don't know how it feels to live yeah. in, a, in a two-parent home so it's just like wow I see the significance of why dads need to be in their children's lives so well yeah I mean if you you felt just him saying that at 22 Mm. just imagine the impact of him saying it from as early as you can remember your entire life right 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 like it's it's very important you know yeah yeah okay so Prior to being 22, basically prior to being like 20, you had no relationship with your father. You're in a single parent home with your mom. Do you have any siblings? Yeah. So um, my mom, I, my mom has three kids, um, my sister and my my older brother. My brother, I think he's like 30, 30 now. My sister's about to be 25. Um, so my brother, he actually wasn't like raised by my mom. Like he he lived up where like in new york with us for a little bit and then he moved back earlier than we moved back so like me and my brother we weren't we don't we're we're pretty cool but we don't have that personal connection like me and my sister have like me and my sister just have a different bond because like literally 
all our life growing up, it was me and my sister around each other every day. So, um, yeah, I have two siblings. Okay. And was it a Christian household? Not at all. Uh, that's crazy. Um, I believe the Lord is doing some work there, but it wasn't like, um, it was very non-Christian. It was very secular. Uh, that that's what a lot of Christians like to use when, when we talk about secular. Yeah. So it was a secular household. Um, what I will say though, my mom did teach us like about kind of life principles, like how to work hard, you know, like, Oh, don't have sex and stuff like that. Like telling us these things, um, even though my sister got pregnant at a young age, but I feel like people make their own mistakes, but, um, it was, we didn't have to pray before we ate. We didn't have to, we didn't have to go to church. Cause I stopped going to church for some years. Um, I went to church a little bit with my grandma, but my mom didn't really force religion on us. And I kind of like, I, I don't want this to sound crazy. I kind of appreciate that in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, because of the fact that I got to know who Jesus was on my own. And the reason why I'm kind of like, ah, I wish because I want my mom and my sister like to be surrendered to the Lord. Like, I don't know if they surrendered to the Lord. Well, I know who some of them not surrendered to the Lord. You know what I mean? And it's just like, it's pros and cons where it's just like, I got, I wasn't, my faith was not based on my parents' faith. My pay, my, my faith was based on me, me and guys who cared about Jesus and cared about the great commission. And when they cared about all of that, they came and they shared that same love of Christ to me. And, and when I, when I felt the love of Christ, it was like, yeah, I got to submit, I got to surrender, you know? Um, and that's, what's really important to me. So. Yeah. I mean, that's a definitely a different perspective being that one, it shows how much you really want your relationship with God. And then just two, how real that relationship is with him. Because right. it wasn't influenced by anyone in your household. And it was right. literally you watching other men walk it out and being like, oh, I want that for myself. Um, so that that is a really cool just perspective. But I can see like on the flip side, there's it has to also be like a struggle of not having that in your household and not being able to see it walked out. But then also wanting the that same love and that same feeling that you have with God, right. you would want that for your mom and your sister too. I'm assuming, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and and it's crazy that you say that because like I grew up in a house, and it's no shade to my mom. Like I love my mom like so much, but like we grew up getting cussed out. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, and just like. My mom was my mom was an amazing mom. Like so that I'm not what I'm not saying is she was not a good mom. She's like no, I there, there are Christian mothers who cussed out their kids too. Oh. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah. <laughs> so so um yeah, so we just grew up getting cussed out and you know like but one thing I will say is like my mom she was very strict on us because she wanted better for us. If that makes sense. So yeah. Like my mom, like she worked hard. She worked her butt off just so she can provide and put a roof over our head. It's things that my mom sacrificed so that her kids could be straight. So I wouldn't trade my mom for nobody. You know, like I, I, all I can do for my mom is pray for her. You know, I believe that she's going to come to a place when the, when she does submit to the Lord, but right now, or 
and, and and I'm not gonna lie. Years ago, it was way worse than it than it was. Like her relationship with the Lord, like I feel like she's coming around, and that's what's beautiful because she sees my faith, mm-hmm. and her seeing my faith draws her closer to the Lord. Yeah. You know, like and, and that's what's important because like I want my mom to just be a, a submitted Christian. You know, but I, I know that sanctification is a process for her. But if I'm honest, like I wouldn't trade my mama for nobody. Like I, I yeah. love my mom. That's yeah. my mom. And um, Christian home or not, I love her. Like, and, and and that's my mom. So, right on. I mean, all you can do is pray and just live out live out that lifestyle, and it will influence those that God needs it to influence. Right, right. Go do the rest. So that um, you were saying that there was a ministry group that you were a part of, the one where you um shadowed Fizzle when he came to town. Was that the group of men that helped you come to realize that you wanted a relationship with Christ? Yeah. So when I look back, um, I always, I actually like, I got a mixtape dropping soon and I actually mentioned these guys name on there. So that's crazy that we talking about this. It was uh, a guy named Ken Austin and Kevin King. If it wasn't for those guys, like they, they love me without judging me. You know what I mean? They love me. And they love me for me. And that's what's important where a lot of people got to understand. Like when you're doing ministry and you you reaching out to people, like they didn't shove, like, of course I knew what they stood on, but they didn't shove Jesus down my throat. Like, get this, get this. And they wasn't hanging around me when I was not abiding by what they said, you know, they let me run my course. So, so like Ken Austin and Kevin King, I remember like, and, and when I was in eighth grade at South Lawn Middle School, I've got, um, they labeled me as like crazy or something like that. So they tried to put me in alternative school and all of the alternative schools, they were really packed. So Ken Austin actually went with me every single Wednesday to this um, behavior management class where I had to go to every Wednesday until I graduated. So I wouldn't get put out of school. Okay. Um, so cats like that and Kevin King, like just being there for my family and walking with me, like through stuff. I remember I was going through some very hard times, some, very, very hard times. I was just really, really angry, you know, and these are like some of the daddy issues, kind of like what we talked about, like the importance of having a father, but I was going through a lot of anger and I didn't know where that came from until like years ago after we did our interview again, because mm-hmm. when we did our interview, I was still in high school and that's crazy. So mm-hmm. after we did, after we did it, like I found out these are daddy issues and I punched my, sh- my sister in the face one time mm-hmm. and he took me to a homeless shelter and he was like, yo, like, you're going to be staying here if you don't straighten up. You're making your mom stressed out. you hitting your sister. You're doing things that are just wrong, you know? And what that came from, I know me and my sister, like, we got into it. But what it came from was her um, just being a sister, an older sister, and being very, very aggravated with her. So I knew that wasn't um, honoring a God. Like, even back then, I knew what was wrong. But I just didn't know how to, because I wasn't even a Christian at this point. So yeah. I didn't know where to alter that pain. At. So, um, yeah, if it wasn't for those guys, um, and it, another honorable mention, Dwayne Rembert. So after I got saved, um, my, 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 my mentor, Kevin King, he went on a sabbatical and then he handed me over to this guy named Dwayne Rembert. And I've just seen that guy, like he's a pastor now church plant. Like he actually planted the church, I think like in 2019 and, um, 
through that, it's just like he's been like just very, very supportive of me. Like before that, we would go into public schools, literally preaching the gospel, doing Bible studies, and just me seeing his faith and how he's grown in the Lord, how he, and how he just loves his wife and his children and loves the people he's discipling without judgment. Like that is what really kept me on this course to 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 stay submitted to Christ, and, and it feels really good. And how does that look? So you staying on this course, you're still in the concrete jungle. You're still young. You're still around people who aren't living the same lifestyle as you. And you're living in a household that isn't, you know, living the same lifestyle as you. How do you maintain that and maneuver and still be, I don't know, quote unquote, cool and relevant? Because your music is relevant. It's to your age demographic. It's it's not like you're basically, how do you do it? <laughs> what does it look like to yeah. maneuver and, and stay relevant and keep your yeah. faith? Yeah. So I actually moved to Philly like last week. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, I actually moved to Philly and this, this is amazing. So, um, I had to get out. I'll be honest with you. Okay. Um, I, I felt like I did it for so long. And I felt like I was coming to the end of like why I was there. Like it was no, it, like it was no spiritual growth for me. It was no mental growth for me. It was just I'm stuck, and it, it, and you're you're stuck. There is nothing in Montgomery where it's just like oh I need to be here for me. Maybe other people need to be there, but that's for them. But for me, I feel like I did everything. Like I I, I did the the big shows. I, I, I've been on the radio stations. I've been on the news. I've been on front page of my newspaper. And it's nothing else where I can do in that city was like for me, like that is for me. So how I stay relevant, stay relevant in that situation. I just stayed on a course, you know, like, and I know that's better said than done, but um, I just stayed like submitted, you know, and having like believers around you who hold you accountable you know, and who walk with you and who loves on you, even when you're tripping, you know, um, it, it's definitely hard because like when you're in that environment, like it's everybody, like when you're, when you're on your home state, you don't get, I don't get looked at as rockstar JT most of the time, mm-hmm. you know, I just get looked at as JT. So yeah. a lot of people asking for favors and this and that, and that, and that, and that, and that, and I'm doing it. And like two weeks ago, I, I, I was like, yo, Lord, like, I, I feel like I'm coming to the end of myself, God. Like, what is going on? Like, I'm very stressed and depressed. Like, I'm sitting in my room not doing anything. And, like, I'm like, God, like, if I'm being honest, I'm like, man, I don't want to get in the Word. Like, I just don't want to get in the Word right now, mm-hmm. you know? Um, So that's the reason I did move up to Philadelphia for, for, for the time being, just so I can focus on my spiritual and mental health, mostly um, mental health, because, like, mental health, I feel like a lot of people in the black community don't really take that serious. For sure. And as black people, we need to be taking that serious because these like these things that we go through, th- this trauma that we go through, when we just push it in the back of our mind or in the back of or, or, or in the deep roots of our hearts, you can see it late and you don't deal with it, you can see it coming up later in yeah. different situations. Um in just life. So so I'll be a liar if I said, oh it was easy to stay consistent and make it through and make it out or even live there and, and, and be consistent. I'll be a liar if I said, Oh nah, it's just easy peasy. You know, it was a battle. <laughs> yeah. Know? It's like a roller coaster ride, you know, like you, you, you go up and you go down, you go up and you go down. Praise God. I'm in my climax right now, but, um, 
it was hard, you know, like I, I, I feel like I did stay consistent because one reason I did, I had to think about my future. I had to think about my family. I had to think about my fans who I love so much. Like my fans, like literally, I know these people are all across the world. Like I, I, I seen somebody like, oh, from Nigeria. Like, oh, I'm excited for your music from Nigeria. Like people depending on me. And, and, and most importantly, the Lord is depending on me. So it was just like, if I, if, if I gave up, if I gave in, not saying I didn't struggle, of course I struggled a lot, you know, but if I just gave up and like, man, I'm done. And look about all of these people that you impacted. All of these people that you impacted, your name, the name of Jesus, not mm-hmm. saying that, oh, I'm perfect. No, I, I, I messed up, but it was hard for me because it was like, yo, I, this sucks. So, no, I totally get it. Um, well, one, it's cool that you recognize that you needed to get out. Yeah, that's that's a big um decision and realization. So, it's cool. Kudos to you for doing that and leaving. Um, secondly, I absolutely love that you were talking about the importance of of mental health and you're a 22 year old talking about it. Um, I, I had a similar conversation with Byron Juwan when I interviewed him. So I just think it's dope that, you know, people in their twenties are talking about this and it's something that, you know, black people in their forties plus are struggling with because they still you know, don't want to go to a therapist, don't want to talk no, to nobody. And that's when you start seeing the problems, right? The stuff that you were pushing yeah. back in your 20s start coming out <laughs> in your 30s and 40s. So, nah, praises for um for talking about that as well. Um, Thank you. Yeah, and just being real on it being a struggle to be there. It wasn't easy peasy because people think that because you're a Christian, everything's easy peasy. and Right. But you're also pretty honest when you post on social media as well yeah, as, yeah. as far as what you're going in. You're not trying to put up a facade. So I appreciate that. Appreciate you. Thank you. <laughs> and that's crazy. That's crazy. Real quick that you say that because you have certain people. I feel like I'm a new artist to a lot of people. Like not even not saying I'm a new artist, like I'm just coming out or people just hearing about me. A lot of that is true. But what is what? What's crazy is a lot of people haven't seen anybody like me before. So they think that the same formula that they did works for this generation. Mm-hmm. And that's not necessarily true. Like, I, and, I, and I respect the OGs. I really do. But at the same time, we have to, y'all have to understand we're in two different eras. Yeah. Like people don't be tripping like they used to back in the day. Or people, they, some people do trip, but the people in my generation, my fans, like they get it. Like my fans, I know a lot of my fans and I know what they deal with, you know, and I know the DMs that I get. And I know that when people say, oh, I got to be transparent. Oh, I love when you be transparent. Most old people, older people, they may look at it like, oh, you need to not, not put that on social media. But the younger people, it helps them. You feel mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Most, I get most positive than negative, you know, but a lot of people need to worry about their platform than worry about mine because I feel like for real, I feel like I'm helping a lot of these people, and if take it or leave it, you know, like that's how I feel. Yeah, no, right on. Worry about your own platform. So you keep doing what you're doing. Obviously, <laughs> God's favor is behind that. Um. Also, I did want to say because I saw you posted um, about your grandmother. So condolences on the loss of your grandmother as well. Thank you. Thank you. Um, you did speak about losing your cousin. So 
you've had some some major losses for a 22 uh, year old. Yeah, over the years. I, wow, over the years, when I think about, see, this is one thing like a lot of people don't understand. Like, I I feel like I could have gave up on the Lord a long time ago, you know. And that's not saying, oh, you go through trials and you go through tribulations. So, oh, just leave God. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is like. I'm fighting for my life. Like literally I'm fighting for my life to get to, 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 to get the gospel across all nations. It may look differently, but I've lost my sister. Like if she's on a song with me, like two songs with me, she got murdered in 2017. One of my best friends, Wait, Denzel got not the yeah. sister you were just talking about that you're really close to. Nah. Oh, okay. Well, this, this, this girl, the, the lady, she was like, she was like a sister to me. She wasn't okay. like my blood. But like we spent yeah. every almost every day together. Like this, I, I call her my sister. So I, I'm, I'm cool with her whole family too. So everybody knows. Like I performed at her. Like and, and it's kind. Of, I know this may sound weird, but I actually did some rap music at her funeral. You mm. know, and at her memorial. Like we actually did that because she was on the songs with us, or she like she was a part of the same ministry that we were a part of. Her name's Portia. Um, 2017, I lost my best friend Denzel in a car accident. 2016, I lost my other great grandma. Um, five days right after my graduation, like um, 2019, like my next door neighbor, um, like a little brother. I'm cool with his family. Like I'm really close with his family. I grew up with his big sister, and I've seen him grow up from a little boy, 16 years old, got shot in the face twice. I heard the bullets. I walk outside. And police everywhere, family crying. I didn't even know what was going on until I texted my mentor and I told him. And he had to tell me that uh, Big Daddy, we call him Big Daddy, Big Daddy was killed in 2019. Mm -hmm. So it was a lot of PTSD that mm -hmm. I did not deal with the proper way. And that's what I'm, that's why I'm seeking out counsel right now because it's just like, it's so much that I've seen and I've experienced. And the fact that I'm still pressing in for the Lord, like I said, not perfectly, but faithful, you know, faithful to him, not perfect because I feel like uh, the Bible says if a man says he's without sin, he's a liar and the truth is not not in him. So like, I struggle, I struggle from time to time. But like the beautiful thing is, is how God always picks me back up. When I'm in the season of depression, mm -hmm. he picks me back up. But the fact that I'm still on this battlefield fighting for righteousness and fighting for the good news and fighting for truth. Like that says a lot. And I, I, I put myself, I put other, if other people walked in my shoes, I say all the time, a lot of these people were crumbling folk because it's a hard life. I didn't grow up in a Christian home. I didn't grow up around all Christians and all of that. So like, I'm really fighting hard. I'm really out here like hard, like trying to really, live a righteous life and get other people to understand the importance of living a righteous life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, like I said, people think when you're a Christian life is like easier. It's not easier. You just, you have Jesus with you. Like you have right. a shield, you have armor, like you're, you're out there, you're more equipped for the world, but then it's also because you're more equipped, the world is throwing more at you. Um, right. I definitely feel like you do get tested more, um, in terms of not, I don't believe it's God doing the testing. I think is the devil sees this armor that right. you're wearing and is trying to penetrate right. it as hard as he can and throwing everything right. at you from every angle. So the fact right. that you still persevere, persevere, and you're still like, I'm using this armor. It, it says a lot and it's, it's important for other people to witness as well, because that's where 
that's where people start being converted or start questioning, be like, you know what, let me look into this God. Cause you see right. all this mess, you know, rock star JT is going through and he's still pressing through. Mm-hmm. Like, let me, let me look into this. <laughs> wow. That's dope that you said that. Wow. Cause a lot of people are like, yo, you so strong. Like you dealt with that. You dealt with that and that and that. And yeah, I'm still pressing. Like the Lord is good. You know, I know that sounds cliche a lot of times. And a lot of people say that for this and that reason, but I'm like, Lord, you still faithful. Um, even, even I know this, a lot of the stuff that I dealt with over the years and he was still faithful in that, you know, and he still made a way for me to get through it and, 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 and true happiness and true joy and true peace through the midst of chaos god is good you know another post i saw was that you were on the same steps as martin luther king in montgomery protesting Mm -hmm. for black lives matter Mm -hmm. what was that experience like wow it was a legendary experience um i'm i'm very pro-black like i love the lord but you can't really um like with the whole conservative tip like I think it's trash. And I, I, I and I know on this podcast, I can say that. So yeah. I'm happy. I can. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, it, 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 it's very, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's very trash, you know, like just from like a, a lot of conservatives, like they make a noise for Jesus. But when it comes to standing up for one, the, the, the first commandment, like what, we, what as Christians, we, the Bible tells us to, to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. And, and if you can't mourn with other people when they're going through it, then I'm wondering, where are you in this faith thing? So when I'm on these steps standing for Martin Luther King, like at the same place with Martin Luther King standing up for black lives, I'm not saying, oh, I'm supporting this. Um, I'm supporting the organization. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying, oh, I'm just Black Lives Matter organization. JT, woo, sign me up. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is Black Lives do matter. Yeah. And, 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 and I'm going to protest when it comes to when it comes to people getting innocent people getting brutal, martyrized. That's what I call it. And by these people in these suits. It's wrong. It's evil. It's sin. And a lot of people want to know these stories about, oh, let me tell you what happened. How about I don't care what happened? How about I care about this life that was taken? I care about these people's lives that are being taken over Breonna Taylor, uh, uh, Philando Castell, um, uh, uh, George Floyd, like that, Trayvon Martin. I can keep going. And, and it's crazy I can keep going. That's what's crazy to me. I can keep going. Yeah. And it's this yeah. this is a lot of 2020. And I think Trayvon Martin was 2014, 2015, yeah, something, like something like that. Yeah, one of those years. But it's just like if I still gotta even think about the year that it happened was that's sad. So it's just like these lives mattered to me and they matter to me. So I'm gonna stand up for righteousness. So I'm on these steps. Peaceful protest. I do believe in peaceful protest, but I'm not going to lie. People are tired. So a lot of people want to call the looters and, and, and the rioters thugs and, and all of this stuff, which I could see where y'all coming from. But at the same time, how, we're tired. We're tired. We're tired of being killed. And they wreck stuff. Sometimes I'm not saying, oh, that's the right way to do it. I'm not saying it's the wrong way to do it. I'm just saying people are tired. And I'm going to leave that for whatever analysis, however people want to and they brain want to think that I'm just saying people are tired and I'm going to use my platform at all times to spread hope and justice. So I got up on them steps 
And I was like, yo, like, we have to really make change, man. Like, 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 we, first of all, too, black people, let's come together and stop killing each other. You know, I don't believe in a such thing as black on black crime, but I do, I do believe that the system was set up for us to, to kill each other. Mm-hmm. You know, and from the government down, they know what they're doing. You know, mm-hmm. um, they really do. And, uh, exactly, exactly, exactly. So it's just like they know what they're doing. So I'm not going to call it black on black crime, but we do need to stop killing each other and come together because it's just like, oh, if we if we continue to do that, they could be like, oh, they're killing each other anyways. Why matter? About-? No, it's not right. You know, so if, if it's not right, if it's not righteous, JT is going to stand up for it. So I, I, I'm like, yo, I got on them steps and I protested and just standing there the same place where Martin Luther King in the 60s, he gave his speech at in Montgomery. Legendary. Yeah. No, it's that it, that is legendary. And again, kudos for you for standing up and doing that. <laughs> Um, I do think that it's just, it's interesting and unfortunate at the same time that we are seeing a divide when it comes to, um, when you label them as conservatives, some people will say like the evangelicals. Um, and I just, I think it's important to know that, I don't know, it just, it, it's, it, it's just an interesting, very interesting time because there was a point where we weren't supposed to, if you're an artist, you weren't supposed to say anything about anything um, going on in terms of, in terms of black lives mattering, but it was a lot easier to kind of say less than because it wasn't as frequently happening. Um, But then, and at the same time, some artists felt conflicted, like the older ones felt conflicted, right? Because the majority of their fan base look like who? Not us. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they don't look like us. So you got to try to play to the fan base. But then it's like we hit a point where people are fed up. And it's like, mm. I have to speak up. I am a Black artist. Although I'm playing to the majority white people, I have to say something. Right. And people are saying something and I think that that is cool that they are saying something and people on all sides sides are listening. It's not necessarily like it's all conservatives or all evangelicals that feel a certain way. Um, there, every group of people has people that need more convincing than others, but right. I'm glad that there are artists out like you who are out there like, I'm going to use this platform and you got to do right. it on some right steps so that's that's amazing right yeah yeah and and, and and piggybacking off of that i always told the people like i'm standing up for what matters to me the most like i'm not i don't care about like the big award shows and the big christian tours and all of the stuff that the that the conservative christians get invited to and then when it's our time to, to perform or to say something that really matters we get cut off you know, as rappers and black artists and things like that, like we get cut off and I'm not going to name the war show, but yeah. you know, you heard about it. Yeah. We know there's only yeah. like one. So. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> so, like, so I'm not catering to that crowd. I cater to the, to whoever, you know, wants to hear my stuff. So I push my music more towards secular, the secular fan base mm-hmm. or the mainstream fan base. Yeah. I don't, like, that's where I try to push my music towards because I feel like a lot of times, these people look about um and I'm not saying nothing like crazy about this and I'm not I'm not saying um 
F this person, excuse my language, but um, Nipsey Hussle and um, YG, <laughs> they got a song called FDT. Yeah. Donald Trump. Yeah. F Donald Trump. <laughs> they can comfortably make that and they can still... Uh, <laughs> They can still have fans who love them. You know what I mean? But it's so crazy as Christians that we have to cater to these people who hate us. Like, as black Christians, like, like I literally, I'm from Alabama, so I've been a part of the churches where everybody in the church looked like my jacket right here. Everybody <laughs> looks like that. You know those what I mean? those in the podcast world, it's a white jacket. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, a white jacket. So everybody looked like, Everybody look white. You know what I mean? And they are not open to inviting people like me in. But what what what's crazy to me is the same people who are in these churches, majority or or, or who are the people who runs the Christian radio stations, the Christian award shows, the big Christian tours. On a really, really big Christian tour that I went backstage um, when Andy Minio was on. I'm not going to say the name, but he was on there. He was on this really big Christian tour. I went backstage and mostly white people. I look in the crowd. Andy Mineo has a bigger fan base than a lot of these people. Why? Even he was a rapper. He was a rapper, but it's just like, yo, why are these people who don't even have like as big of a fan base, the ones headlining this event It's because they want to put a certain mode on this stuff. Yeah. Thank you for inviting. Thank you for inviting us. Thank you for inviting rappers. But you're not finna invite us to say, oh, yeah, look, look, so we can look to the public. Yeah, we got a rapper here. Nah, like, if you're not really passionate about my craft and about my art, I don't even want to come there anyways just to be a token. The money's good, but God can provide for me anyway. So, like, yeah. kudos, like, keep your money, you keep your that. If I have to compromise who I am to fit in with y'all, I don't even want to mess with it, period. But even in those huge tours the ones that you're referring to um even that the landscape of that is changing i don't think they're going to be as popular as they have been well covid's definitely going to change that as well but um the people who are headlining yeah traditionally ccm was like the the big um i don't know genre when it came to christian music but now um, I'm pretty sure CCH, <laughs> uh, Christian hip hop, um, is way more. And so really it's a flip to where it should be rappers that are headlining. Um, right. I don't know, like, I mean, if they were smart, they would right. do that. But right. even if they aren't, it really doesn't matter because rappers are able to get into other venues that they weren't before. Like you don't have to just go to a church to perform. Right. You don't have to right. find an auditorium somewhere to perform. You can actually go to nightclubs and bars and reach the quote unquote secular um, mm. audience that you're trying to reach. Right. So you don't even right. have to go that menu or go exactly. that route. <laughs> exactly. And I don't want to go that route. You know, like I told somebody, I said, look, like I know for me, I'm not going to be a really big Christian artist. Like that's just, it is what it is. You hear my music. I'm talking about stick. I'm talking about, um, just, uh, I'm pro, very pro, pro black on my social media. Um, I'm very like anti 45. I'm not even going to say that, you know, like his name on here, but, <laughs> I, and, and I'm unashamed of that. You know what I mean? But I'm not saying that, Oh, I'm pro the other guy either, but I'm just saying like, for me, I stand on biblical principles and 
if I stand on biblical principles and I think righteousness and, and, and justice is a biblical principle. So if I have to conform to, 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 to the way you think just to get in there, I don't even want to be there anyway. So yeah. I, like you said, I'll go to my venues and yeah, it may be a smaller crowd, but it's people who love me and, and people who appreciate me more than me going there and have to look a certain way, but the money was good, but mm. I'm miserable on the inside. I just think it does not fit my mold. Like me, maybe any other Christian rapper may do that. I clap my hands and I tip my hat to you. But for me, like, uh, I'm good. Mm. I get it. So how would you say that God's presence looks like in your life personally, outside of the music, but personally? Yeah. So. um God is really, 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 really working. So um, when I just sit back and think of, as soon as you say God's presence, when I just sit back and think like just of where, how far he brought me spiritually. Um, when I'm like on my social medias, like it may look like I do say a lot, but he's had, I, I really don't say that much that I could say or a lot of the stuff that I've seen in my DMs or in my mentions or stuff like that. I have thousands of followers and I have probably hundreds of different opinions about me, you know, and he, like his presence in my life. I'm like, oh, look, I'm really mad right now. I'm very aggravated with these people. Let me go respond and say that it may look like I say a lot, but a lot of times I ignore a lot of the stuff. Mm-hmm. And a few years ago, I know I was not right there. So his presence in my life is like, the fruits, one of the fruits of the spirit, self-control, like being able to, 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 to hold my tongue a lot of times, because like, I'll be honest with you. It's not always easy. Cause I always want to say something. Like when I see somebody saying something, I always want to say something because like, man, you don't know me, you know? And a lot of times I don't, I know I have a pretty cool platform, but a lot of times I don't even, I don't even operate like that. Like when pe- people feel like, oh, their favorite artist is their friend. You know what I mean? Like that's how a lot of my fans feel. Like I respond to DMs and, and stuff like that when, when I'm getting love from from a lot of the people. But like on the foolishness, like I don't even give it attention like I used to. I'm not going to lie and say, oh, no, I give it no attention because sometimes I do, you know, but um, like I used to. Um, I feel like the Lord has given me self-control and, and not, not giving me in the past, but giving me while we currently speak yeah. self-control so that I can not respond to this. Or like if it's a business, bad business transaction or something like that, like I, I usually get frustrated, but then the Lord, he's like, yo, he gives me this weird peace because I'm like, yo, I need to do this and do that. Like, I got some stuff business that's going on right now that I can't speak about, but like, and it's a, a lot, a, a lot of communication that's hard. And I'm like, Lord, you really working in me because I'm not upset. I'm not anxious. Like, Lord, mm-hmm. you just doing your thing. Like I'm living my life. And maybe it could, it could be because my environment that I'm in, I'm in Philly and I'm surrounded by a lot of other believers where they help me, um, like really, really, really walk by the fruits of the spirit and walk in the promises of the Lord. So yeah. Um, that's what I would say, like self-control, like I see it. I see it. It's, it's obvious in my heart. And I'm like, Lord, like the things that used to get to me, like, Lord, like you, you, you really gave me self-control and they don't get to me like the way that they used to. So. Right on. He's preparing you. You're probably, you're probably going to really, 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 really need that self-control in the future. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to your music start and just how you one got into music period 
I'm assuming you kind of, you started rapping before you officially gave your life to Christ. Yeah. So, um, it was, this is crazy that you, cause it, it, every time I talk about this, I haven't talked about this in a few years and it feels good to talk about it, to revisit it. But, um, so it was like 2011, like, yeah, summertime, 2011, I was like in the, leaving out of the seventh grade. Um, it's weird because I remember my mom, like when I was a little kid, like, I'm talking about five, six years old. My mom used to play like Sade and, and, and and Damian Marley and and Bob Marley and and and, and like Missy Elliott, Missy Elliott, Ludacris, and all of these people. Where I'm looking back at my life and I'm like, Mom, like I understand like my musical. Like, it's no way why, it's no reason why I'm 22 years old and I still remember the melodies from when I was five and six and seven years old of the music that my mom used to play. I'm like, look, that I haven't heard this song in years. This song been that out that long, and I still remember that. Mm-hmm. So I feel like my mom like is really responsible for like just being her just being diverse and like just me up to like the seventh grade when I started rapping um I used to call myself I don't know why Professor JT um I called myself that for a minute and I was just like that's stupid but um so it was 2011 I lied about going to this camp that these guys the the camp I was telling you about the after school program this ministry um I lied to my mom when I was like mom I went it was boring so I left but I never went I was in the studio making music off of a USB microphone that you hold up like that and we had some socks around it trying to make music like that but I always knew how to rap but I didn't like you know when you first starting out like you seventh grade you ain't got no money like that you don't got you don't know what it is like all you know is like you want to be a rapper you are talented and you want to be a rapper but even though i piggyback off i I say seventh grade but when i piggyback i I look at my fifth grade year when i performed at a talent show with my best friend um william and he's doing music to this day right now and it's really really good and i used to write raps in, in class while they studying or or doing notes, me and my homie, we writing raps, writing songs. I'm in the fifth grade, literally. I wish I could find my fifth grade rap book, but I had a fifth grade rap book where I'm sitting there writing songs. Oh, I need my book, because that's from like so many years ago. I'm in the fifth grade and, and enjoying that. So yeah, um, I feel like it was, I feel like it was God ordained. Um, I know that says, people say that a lot, but there's no reason why God chose me out of all people just like it, it was it was it, it was grained in me and when I got saved it was like God like I have to like everything that I do have to represent you so like even with the type of music I make a lot of people won't see it as like Christian rap like for example stick or drip Bayless or or run it up or um or 36 like a lot of people won't see that as Christian rap mm-hmm. but I have biblical principles in there you know I'm talking about the stuff that I'm passionate about. I don't think every song has to be like a 04 Lecrae, 05 Lecrae, you know, um, to, for people to be reached. But yeah. So, um, that's how I kind of started a little bit. Beginning of it. Well, I mean, going towards what you were saying, everything doesn't have to be like 04, 05 Lecrae. Um, I mean, you had posted something like breaking down the different genres within Christian hip hop, which I didn't even realize there were all these titles about like lyrical worship and drip music and lyrical theology and trap evangelism. Um, And the point is that you can have multiple 
artist doing multiple things, it doesn't have to sound the same way. And it doesn't mean that it's not Christian because it doesn't sound like 04 Lecrae. Right, right, right. <laughs> so yeah, like when you look at my music, you can't compare me to like a no big deal. Like we're, or Byron Jawan, we're like two different artists. Yeah. That's just like me comparing Jay-Z to, to Lil Pump or something like, like yeah. that. You know what I mean? Like it's just different. Like you like what? You know what I mean? Because it's like different. <laughs> different spectrums yeah. so like, like so you have the the beautiful eulogy who, who who who's very very passionate about spreading the gospel throughout their music you have the the um the what up rgs who is just making good music and, and talking about his testimony but it's from a biblical principle and i know rg personally so i know how he's coming you have those jay monty's who's preaching on a track for the most part. You have those Ty Brazzles who who makes Christian Christian bops or the One Days who who makes Christian bops or the Byron Jawan who who doesn't want to make Christian music but he loves the Lord and he wants to make R&B music. And, and, and he's not saying, oh, I don't want to reach Christians because if it reached Christians, amen, but my soul focus is not these people. You have enough artists there for these people to get reached. What about the artists like a Rockstar JT? Or like, a, or, or or like a a, a Toby Nwigbe or some like that. Like, where where's our place? Like, I'm not saying like Toby Nwigbe has a really really big fan base. You know what I mean? But I'm just saying like the way he's a Christian, he loves the Lord. But he'll have a song like um, "Arrest the Killers" of Breonna Taylor. Mm-hmm. Y'all hold that. Y'all hold them. Like y'all, they they mm-hmm. have stuff like he has stuff like that. That's very important. Try Jesus. <laughs> yeah, try I'm Jesus. Not me. Yeah. <laughs> Stuff like that, but that's not the traditional yeah. Christian rap. But he loves the Lord or the NFs, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, we need it. Um, plus, I don't know. I I like to work out to your music, so. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And okay, so when did the music though transition to Christian music? Yeah. Um, so I never, cause I was really young. So I never really w- came out as a secular artist. Um, I never came. And, and, and when I look back, I'm not even gonna lie. I wish I did. You know, I wish I just came out as a positive rapper. Um, where it's just like, I couldn't be boxed in into a community, but when you're young, like you looking at your heroes, you, I'm looking at Lecrae, I'm looking at Thizzle. I'm looking at um, We Live as Kings, Alex Faith, Dre Murray, um, Christian Grace Swoop. <clears throat> All legendary group, honorable mention right there. For real. Um, you know, like, oh my goodness. But you looking at all of these people is attractive to you. And, and the mentors that I had around me, like these are the people that they promoted to me, like the Corey Pauls and the Reconcile. Those are the people who they promoted to me. And I'm like, oh, these are the platforms that they own. I want to be next to my heroes. I'm. I didn't know about Christian rappers in 2011, so I'm like, oh, you can really rap about Jesus and, and still swag and still be cool, but 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 without bragging on sin, like that was attractive to me. So I submitted to the Rapzillas or the Wado Radios or or the Jam the Hypes or, or places like New Age 2 Old places that I won't forget that I did submit to, yeah. and I kind of and, and I'm not saying that oh you can't pop out of that box 
And I'm not too deep into it where I can't pop out of that box because even my music now, like my music gets on the Realest Down South playlist. My music gets on Hip Hop Controller with 2 million um, likes on Spotify. I got on Euphoria um, in 2019. People smoking weed on the and look, looking at dr- selling drugs on the music scene that it was on. So Wait, you're talking about Euphoria, the, Euphoria, the show? The show. What? I literally just finished that series yesterday. So <laughs> I'm like, here. Yeah, so if you look at if you look at the first episode, uh-huh. the first episode, um, when Ruth, that's her name on there, yeah, she was talking to the, the, the little um drug dealer, the white boy with the tattoo yeah. on his face. It, it it was that scene in the background. It was my song, "Get Your Weight Up." What? Okay, I have to go back and look at that because I literally just watched that. <laughs> yeah. So, um, a co-produced by Drake. Drake was the co-producer of the show. Yeah. So. When I when, and, and, and that's why I say like I wish I never like got into it at the same time, but at the same time, it's a very dope community where you see a lot of young Christians who love the Lord and just have different walks of life. You know what I mean? Not saying that we walk in sinful or nothing, but different people. I like me, me and an artist like um, shoot, just any artist. We have different walks of life. You know what I mean? They don't come from where I come from. I don't come from where they come from. And it's just beautiful just to see how God brings us together in one community just so he can get the glory out of all of our lives. So, um, yeah, um, that's how it is. Like, it's very, it's very amazing that, um, like in 2011, how I can be like a little high school, I mean, middle school kid rapping, talking about girls and drugs and all of that stuff and then 2013 um i do a song at a camp and then i started rapping in 2014 that's crazy to me i started rapping in 2014 i put out like an ep um uh, called dependency july 2014 and i'll never forget it and that's when i like i started like really rapping rapping for christ so when I saw you at the Legacy Conference, that was like 2015 or 2016. Um, so you literally had only been rapping for like a year or two. Yeah, it was actually 20. It had to be 2015. I think it was 2015. That sounds more accurate. I think it was 2015. Because I was in high school, twenty sixteen, and my grandma died. Yeah, so it was twenty. It was twenty. Um, it was twenty fifteen when I first did it. Because I remember going back and showing people in my class that I was rapping on a big stage. So it was twenty fifteen. So yeah, um, I was only rapping for a few months then, like so only you, a few months. Did you even have a project out there? It was a little small project, a okay. small project that I did have out. Um, it was like on that piff or something like that. Uh, I don't even know if I put it on on iTunes. I know it was on that Piff though, and um, yeah. So I, I sold physical CDs, just trying to get my name out there. But I wouldn't, you know, Thizzle knew who I was, and I wasn't really, you know, like that big of an artist back then. Like I was just being consistent and doing what God told me to do. So yeah. So for those who don't know what we're referring to, um, I was at a Legacy Conference 2015. Thizzle's on stage. And I don't even remember the song. I'm sure you do. It was Take My Life. Yeah, Take My Life. You can take my life. That's right. And he was asking if there was anyone in the crowd who can come up on stage and sing along, basically rap along. And everyone wants to go on stage, but he picks you. And you get up there. And just the energy was so wild. Like, 
I will just never forget that moment based off of pure energy alone. And just like this kid, like, who is this kid? Um, Like from that moment, I was like, all right, like, I knew (laughs) you were going somewhere and something was going to happen. And that's yeah, and it's crazy. Everybody was like, "Yo, who is this kid?" Like, I was like, "Wow!" <laughs> I got a lot of fans that day, and I didn't, and I only, I didn't even have that much good music out then. But yeah. it was cool. I, mean, I think it's just a pure, a good example of when you have an opportunity and you get that opportunity, you just take it and just run with it. It was like no fear. Like you were so into that, you could take my right. life. Like you had absolutely no fear. Right. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. And then, so now, okay. So you have Fizzle bringing you up on stage. You talked about Lecrae being like one of your like rap heroes. So how does it feel to have Lecrae not only like posting your song stick on his Instagram with like his kid dancing to it, but him also like big upping you on Rapzilla Live? Yeah. Um. (laughs) So Lecrae, man, like, wow, wow, dang! I just remember, like, on my Facebook, like, on on like being a teenager, like, I wasn't even I knew who Lecrae was in twenty eleven, and I wasn't even submitted to the Lord during this time. But I was like, oh, look, you can be a and I went to a concert, the rehab tour in two thousand eleven. Never forget it. And I rapped. And I was saying background in front of Lecrae. He was like, man, let me see what you got. So I was really close. This before uh, Good Morning America. This is a, this before, I think this is before his first Grammy in 2011. Yeah, I think it was. Because I think his first Grammy was from, Re, uh, from um, Gravity. Was it? Oh, yeah, he did. I think they, yeah. I think that Something. was Gravity. So that, <laughs> that would have been after 2011, yeah. Yeah, but like, and I'm looking at this, I'm looking at Lecrae at the BET Awards and all, I'm like, yo, like, I love this dude. Like, I remember, I remember being at Legacy and Lecrae being there and we worshiping, like he did a, uh, he did a uh, a sit down talk there with some people. I don't know if you were there that year, but it was in an auditorium. He did a sit down talk and he was over there worshiping and I just kept looking at him. I just kept looking at him like, yo, that's Lecrae, yo, that's Lecrae, yo, that's Lecrae. Yo, that's Lecrae. I remember being at one of our friends' house. He walked in and he was like, "Yo, what's up, bro?" Lecrae. And I was like, I was out of high school at this point, and I was like stuck for a minute. I was like, "Yo, I'm I'm JT." Like, like, (laughs) so just him sharing my music, like, and his son rocking with it, because his son, like, the the fact that he can, um, he shares his music with his with with his kids, my music. And he posted on his story and ups me as just like, dog, like dreams come true, you know, like, and and I remember screaming 116 at these concerts and being a big fan, never knowing I would be in in, in the same, on the same project as Lecrae, like on Reach Records Summer 20 playlist and him sharing my song stick on his Instagram stories multiple times. Literally, he shared it when it came out. He shared it a, a few months later. And September, like, it just was like, yo, he talked about me, Rockstar JT, he cold. It's like, man, never give up on your dream. Like, I don't know how to feel still because it's just like, dog, this is Lecrae sharing my stuff. And it felt really, really good because he's always been a hero to me. So, yeah. Right on. And you have a song with Tadashi dropping? Yeah, um, November 20th, me and Tadashi, my Migo featuring um, Tadashi and Scooty Wop. Um, that's another thing I remember. 
you know, being at unashamed conferences and the whole floor rocking like that when um, when Tadashi performed um, "Start a Riot," "Start a Riot," yeah. like and, 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 and people like at the at the tours that we used to go to with the concerts with Tadashi. Like, I remember my 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 friend Shaquana, like she, look, we was in Atlanta when Tadashi's song came on. She almost jumped over. <laughs> jumped over the median i was like yo like yo are you good like stay like like be safe but like working with your heroes just always hits different like and i'm in it right now and i'm just like dog like dog i got a song with dropping with tadashi and it's really like very very dope to me that is dope and i mean you have a lot of features on your songs is that all by design yeah um can you repeat that one time? I'm so sorry. You have a lot of oh. features. So the, the majority of your songs have features on them um, and multiple. Uh, you'll have like you know, two, three other cats on it. Is that all by design? Yeah. So with me, um, I so what I, when I, what I like to do is with my platform, I want to actually bring like um, good just uh, awareness of unity if that makes sense. Um, so I try to bring other cats on with me where my new music with the with the Street Sami project um, that's coming up, I have more songs independently. Um, just, but it, I just wanted to show, like, dog, like, we can really be unified and everybody can win. Like, so it's very strategic. Um, the next single that I'm dropping after my Migo is only me. So um, it's very... It's dope because a lot of people are like, yo, you got a lot of features. You got a lot of features. Um, but I always try to make every move strategic, where it's just like these features that I have helped me and it helped them in the long run. With New Attitude with Hobie, he tells me, like, bro, John Keith, they tell me, like, bro, that song did a lot for me. Like, um, or built to, Building Momentum or or Drip Bayless, one of Paris Carriz's big songs. Like, he going to concerts and performing that joint everybody singing it and stuff like that where it's just like if I didn't do those songs with those people like I don't know if for me like just being able to build with their fan base and then like our fan base is connected it's just very very beautiful to me so yeah like it was very strategic every song that you hear from me in the future won't have as many features but um, I love collabing with people. I just think music was not supposed to be done just by, by itself, so. Okay. And let's move on to the four song breakdown, mm-hmm. which is where the artist raps or recites a verse and discusses what's going on between the lines of the song's story. Gotcha. So for you, I chose Stick with um, New Attitude, Drip Bayless, and 36. Mm. So if you don't mind starting with stick. Okay. Um, turn me up. Get me lit. Young boy looking fresh like a lit. Whole team running up with the click. Last lead better pass me the stick. 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 Um, so with that, that's, that's the second part of the hook. So basically, what like, we're just talking about passing the baton to people. You know, like, like just using wordplay. So it's not like that much deepness in that, but in the verse it is. And I'm going to get to that. But um, so basically like last leg better pass me the stick. Like, oh, I'm in my last leg. It's time to pass the stick because other people need to come in. Other people got to gotta get it. Other people need a platform. Other people got stuff to say, not just me. 
So when I move on to the verse, I'll be walking around town with a stick. Real fresh like you just spit a mint. On a block till I'm put down a brick. They don't know nothing else hit licks. I'm serious. Like when I was talking about on a block till I'm put down a brick, they don't know nothing else hit licks. Like I, I got homies who I'm really telling this stuff and mm-hmm. they continue to go back to their um, old life. You know what I mean? Um, then I said, they say trapping they ain't dead. Gotta get their family fed. Uncle Moose used to move way, way yet. Now he dead. So people always bragging on like trapping ain't dead. I'm a trapper. I'm a trapper. And they don't understand like, yo, your uncle did the same thing. And I know somebody, I, I promise you, I know somebody who uncle trapped and now he's six feet in the ground because the, like you reap what you sow. Like you, you live by the sword, you die by the sword. Eventually, you may think you're gonna get away, but even if you do get away, like at the end of your life, you're gonna reap what you sow. So, regardless, you're gonna reap what you sow. Then I said, um, I call you professional capper, need a Grammy for best internet rapper, turn a beat up, do my dances a slapper. Really, I signed up some boys that'll clap you. So, um, that's a lot of people's favorite part when I say, I call you professional capper, need a Grammy for best internet rapper. A lot of these rappers, like, they ain't talking, they ain't talking how they really living, they yeah. talking all reckless. And they not really living that way. So it's just like, yo, like, I call you professional capital. Like, they should have, like, a, um, a section for people in the Grammys for best internet rapper, SoundCloud rapper, <laughs> Audio Mac rapper. <laughs> like, they probably should, like, invest in that because a lot of these cappers would win. So, they're like, they're professionals at capping. Uh, I said, let it bang. It come back like boomerang. You a killer on your records in the courtroom. You gonna sing. I said, yeah, if you let it bang, this is basically, basically saying it again. You reap what you sow. You let it bang. It's gonna come back. You live by the sword. You die by the sword. Let it bang. It come back like boomerang. You a killer on your records. Like, yeah, you hard on your records, but then when you talking about murder and killing and all of that on your songs, but then you snitching when you go to the courtroom, when you facing almost life in prison. But you just said that, oh, you're going to kill this person or yeah. you're so hard now until it's time to to be hard in the courtroom. Now you snitching. Um, and you and, and, and like, I'm not saying, oh, if something wrong, don't say nothing. But people portraying to be these hard Internet gangsters and thugs and and, 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 and they singing in the courtroom like they, they snitching and and not portraying the life that they promote. I don't yeah. promote that living. They promote that, you know. I don't. I promote godly living. They promote killing and all of that. So the same people who doing that are the same people who snitching. And I'm not going to say no names, but you know who it is. (laughs) (laughs) I got you. All right. So and that song has Duke Deuce Main Man and Scooter Main. Yep. Yep. So let's go on to New Attitude with with Holby and John Keith. Got you. Um, City to the city, we making moves. Heart made a goal and I got the groove. I hit a deal to try to a move. They say I got a new attitude. Um, so basically, city to city, I'm always on the road. So I'm always making moves. Like, no matter what, I'm always, wherever I go, I'm always making a move. Um, heart made a goal is just like me. Like, I feel like I got a goal. So you feel me? Like a heart um, that, 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 that is a pure heart for the Lord. You know <clears> what I mean? I hit up Deal to Tribe on the move. Um, Deal was originally supposed to be on that song, and we just didn't get the verse back in time because he was working on his uh, mixtape. So, but it was just an honorable mention where it's just like, okay, yeah, I hit up Deal to Tribe on the move. Let's salute what my brother doing. So I love Dylan. So um, 
Um, they say I got a new attitude. Aha Gazelle actually said a, a line on um, Drip Bayless where he said, uh, like, ooh, I got a couple flows I ain't never used. It's my show, I ain't getting booed. I got a brand new attitude. And when I heard that part, I was like, yeah, like, new attitude. Like, I got a brand new attitude. They saying I got a new attitude. New me, new. So, yeah, um, that's a breakdown on, on, on that hook. And then when I come um, on a verse, I said, taking chances, I would never play it safe. Stay ahead because I'm first place in a race. I'm a hood legend. You can go and get a cape. Flex on me, but you forgot you out of shape. So I take chances. Like, I moved up to Philly on faith. Like, I, I moved up here. I ain't have no plans. Took a chance. I didn't play it safe. Um, stay ahead. Like like you said, like, how you stay relevant um, and, and be in these communities or, or do what you do. Stay ahead because I'm first place in a race. Like, I, I tweeted the other day. I know a lot of people, like, want to be like, oh, I'm just going to make my music. But, no, I want to be – I want to be a, a, a top tier rapper. I'm not going to even sit up here and lie. Like, it's nothing wrong with <laughs> yeah. wanting to be successful. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I feel like a lot of time in the Christian genre or the Christian industry, they want to, oh no, whoever God put us in No, I want to be successful. And I think that's okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm not idolizing it. I think it's okay. You want a successful podcast. You don't want just to do a podcast and just nobody hears it. No, you want to <laughs> want people to, to be excited for your podcast. Um, I said, making moves, trying to get to a million. You said you got a hit record, you silly. My own CEO, you can call me, did it. I'm making a place from the eight of Philly. There we go. Like making moves, trying to get to a million. I want a million dollars one day. Um, Not just so that I can have a million dollars for the sake of flexing, but I want to be able to provide for my community, provide for my family, provide for my kids. You know, I want like, we've been broke our whole life. So it's just like, like I've seen my mom broke. I've seen all of that. And I don't want that for me and my kids or my community or my family so i'm gonna do what it takes to 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 really thrive in music so i can one day be a millionaire um you see uh, um i'll make a new in a brand new zone come to the show you can sing along sit down and pass me the microphone talk to me nice better watch your tone i can be real never been a clone come play your dudes like a student loan i'm out the hood look at me i'm on gotta do me leave me alone so i saying like basically i'm saying I'm out of the I'm out of the spectrum of the hood. So therefore, like I'm no longer local. Like you can't say I'm just a local rapper no more. Mm-hmm. Like I have fans everywhere. Even though it's on like a smaller scale than the mainstream artists, I have fans all over the country. If I go to a city, somebody's gonna know me. If I go to Philadelphia, somebody listens to Rockstar JT. And I look because I see my Spotify, my Apple Music. So it's just like I know this. So I'm just making moves trying to build my brand and 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 just saying like i got a new attitude like it's no more little bro in me anymore or no more like oh you putting yourself above me I, i'm a new me um i have i have a new attitude so that's basically what that song is about all right and then drip bayless with paris Carez and aha gazelle yeah um left hand never knew a pimp a right hand keep another drip Hey, West Side, come and take a trip. Hey, surf game over like flip. Came from the jungle, no animals. Put the sauce on like cannibal. Your maker just funny like Hannibal. I'm about to bury your cameras. So the hook is actually Paris Careers on the hook. And basically, we just made a song that is a fun song, you know? Like, I feel like a lot of times as Christian artists or Christian, people always think you can't, you got to have a message while you're doing something. You know, and I don't agree with that. Like, what if you just want to make a bop, a fun song that you just turn up to? Christians can have fun. Like, it don't have to be no deep meaning behind every single song. 
if you do have those songs that do have a deep meaning behind that, good. But like for example, uh, Lecrae coming in hot. That song don't have no big message to it. Yeah. It's just a fun song, and I think people need to make more fun records. So that's what the hook, the breakdown of that hook is. Uh, my verse, Aha, I got the sauce. You know, Paris be dripping. You just a fan to go get you a ticket. Um, so I get a lot of criticism from a lot of people that are artists, and honestly, that that line was kind of like a shot at him. If I'm if I'm being honest with you, like you like Aha in his bag, Paris, uh, Paris. Be, Drip, that's my dog. Like he the king of it. Like he's the king of like that that wavy flow. Um and I'm saying you just a fan, you worry about us. Go get you a ticket. Like get you a ticket like to to the show since you looking at everything already. You might as well get you a ticket. What what type of criticism do you get from other artists? Well, just telling me how I should run my platform or they wouldn't do it this way. Even it's some smaller artists, some bigger artists, but it's just like I get that, and I, I accept some of the criticism, but some of it's just foolishness. So it's just like somebody told me the other day, well, I wouldn't say that. Um, I'm like, man, well, it's not your music. Or or on a certain song, somebody should have a longer verse. And it's just like, look, well, if you want that person to have a longer verse, go listen to their music. You know what I mean? And these people who are artists telling me this, I'm just like, yo, like, it's fan behavior. You know what I mean? Like go like, and it's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying, like, yo, go get you a ticket if it's that important to worry about. If you're supposed to be doing your own records, but you worry about what I'm doing, like, I just don't get that. Like, I I don't spend time focusing on another artist when I'm supposed to be doing me. You know, um. So that's what that meant. Um. Uh. uh I said, um, in their feelings and they hate that I'm winning. Plotting on how I can stack me a million. Better chain it all the way from the ceiling. I got a little breeze from my ice. I'll be chilling. I'm the man. That's the way I'll be feeling. I'm just popping my stuff on there. We're just talking. You know, I think um, a lot of people um, like are scared to just be confident. A lot of people, they, they, they mix pride up with confidence. Mm-hmm. Some people need to be confident, but like confident, like, no, I know I'll go hard. I know I'm not placing myself above nobody else because that's what pride says. But confidence, like, no, I know I'm that. I know I'm it. I know I can rap. I know I have good music. And I'm going to be confident about that. And, I mean, and, and confidence comes from knowing that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. Exactly. And I think a lot of times we're like wimpy. Like, we're just like, thus says the Lord. And you know what I mean? It's just like, nah. Like, like bro, you, you, like, the Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and all else will be added unto you. And I believe that's talent, too. I believe that's elevation, too. Mm-hmm. You see God. And there's nothing wrong with like, look where God brought me. Yeah. Uh, uh, and they feelings and they hate that I went in. Like, yeah. Um, <laughs> I said, started from the bottom. They don't really want to see me make it. I know I'm a problem and I know a lot of people really hate me. All you got to really do is stay down and be patient. And I'm still in the shame. I live and I die for the sake of his name. So um, started from the bottom. A lot of, a lot of people don't want to see me win, especially in my city. Like they want you to fall. They want you to fail. And I started from the bottom, so these people don't really want to see me succeed. And um, I know I'm a problem, and I know a lot of people hate me. Like, people hate to see you succeed. And I said, um, all you got to really do is stay down and be patient. I just said it. Matthew 6, 6, seek ye first the kingdom of God, all his righteousness, all his be added to you. Um, um, that's why, I said, like, when, when I said, all you got to really do is stay down and be patient. That's, that's what you got to do. Stay down and be patient. Um, 
and I'm still unashamed. So the reason I said that I'm still unashamed was because of the fact that like I'm unashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, but I just popped all of that stuff. I just said all of that. Oh, applying on how I can stack me a million. Let me let y'all know still at the end of the day, I want this so that I could give back to my community, but I'm unashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I'm not preaching the prosperity gospel either, but I'm just saying, so you know where I stand. I said all of that. I said, you just a fan, go get you a ticket. I said all of that confidently, but I'm still unashamed of who Christ is and who Christ made me out to be, if that makes sense. So, Totally. Got it. And 36, you got no big deal on it. Joey Vant, Joey Vontez and Tori Deshaun. Yeah, so um, that song right there, um, I really appreciate that song because, like, God really, 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 like, helped me, like, just get to know a lot of these people through music. Like, for example, Joey Vontez, like, I met him from Twitter, and then we linked up after that, and we got a song called walk and we got a song called um, 10 toes together. And that's how that thing, that song came about. And Dylan, we were supposed to been work and toward the show. We were supposed to been work. All these are my friends. So it's like, I grew up on that three, six, like we grew up on that three, six mafia. Like, and, and we just reciting all of the stuff that, um, that we've been through like on that song. So for me, I said, um, young rock star, I grew up on that Boosie, set it off, Rick Ross on a boss, never take a loss, get green, got a floss, came up, pet a cost, fly, high, any mouse. So I grew up on that Boosie, set it off as one of Boosie's songs, set it off, Rick Ross, Rick Ross is the biggest boss, that's what he said, set it off, Rick Ross on a boss, never take a loss, get green, got a floss, paid up, came up, pet a cost, fly, high, any mouse, just using wordplay. Um, and I'm out right now, I'm feeling like I could perform in the clouds, um, and when I'm saying that, I'm saying I'm up right now. Like, man, God, like you got me up right now. I'm feeling like so high I could perform in the clouds. And everybody really want to jock my style. I'm so high up and I won't come down. When I say that, I say everybody really want to jock my style. I did it first. Who have you heard doing in, in our generation doing real trap music that glorifies God? I don't see nobody, you know? everybody want to jog my style i'm so high up and i won't come down i would never i'll probably come in first and second but i'll never be last so it was just like i'm so high up and i won't come down um now you like my sound whatever i got i built up from the ground you ain't from the block this ain't jokes out of town i say what i want ain't no shut in my mouth i see it i want it i gotta go get it and i turn on my back like i'm trying to get fitted comparing to me boy you gotta be kidding your hands going up like you're catching the spirit so i see it I see success. I got to be successful. I can't be, I don't believe all black people have to be unsuccessful. When we start having a mindset of, oh, I'm just going to do this and maybe, no, God going to bless it. No, work hard. God called us to hard work and we need to do that because that's what God called us to do. I want you, um, testimony of musician stories. I want you to have a successful podcast. So like, even when this interview comes out, I'm going to share it because it's just like to see black people winning and to see black people up right now and, and they not coming down is what is important to me. I am empowered for black people winning. I want all people to win. Yeah. But black people, when we win, it's just like, yo, like, you know, so we gotta we gotta do whatever it takes. If it, if it's in, if it's if it's in line with scripture, we mm-hmm. gotta do whatever it takes to win. Not saying cheat or or steal or 
none of that to get there, but if it's in line with scripture, do what you got to do. All right. Okay. And musically, mm-hmm. how does God's presence look like in your life? Yeah. Again, all I'm going to say is I'm on a song with Tadashi. <laughs> project. You know what I mean? One of the biggest Crazy. Christian rappers. Mm-hmm. You know, um, or or even Duke Deuce, you know, like he was quality control artist and he's on my he's he he's on my song stick. So God's presence is just like it's favor. Like like I've seen a lot of people get help through my music as well. Like people coming to know who Christ is from my music. You know what I mean? And yeah. it, and it's not a lie, like it's it's truthful. And um so yeah. That's all I really got to say. Like the Lord, like just be giving me favor. All right. Yeah. And my final question. Um, now that you've actually interviewed with me twice, who would you like to see me interview on the show? Interview. Um, hmm. I would love to see you interview Hobie. Yeah, that would be dope, actually. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I would love to see you interview Hobie. He he's really Hobie, did you ever do an interview with Wande? I did this year, I did. Okay, yeah. I I, I would say Hobie and Scooty Wop. Like these are two of my closest friends. And um Scooty Wop is really, really, really a dope guy. Hobie's a really, really dope guy. So if you can get an interview with them, that would be perfect. I, I would love that. Hey, what's up? Thank you. Thank you for listening to the show. Thank you for watching the show. However you consume us, thank you. Please subscribe to the show. And if you really enjoy the content, please leave a review. It really does help with the ranking of the show. And if you want to go an extra mile, share the show. Share this episode. And for all things testimony, visit TestimonyStories.com. Until next time, I'm Gilika Brown, the music lover constantly seeking positive music.